Ah, my old friend. I haven't spoken to you in so long. God, Cameron, what has it been? 22 hours? <laughs> Nathan. Shit, dog. What have you been up to? We got a lot of catching up to do. Well, I have 12 great grandkids. <laughs> great grandparents? What? Hmm. 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 Also, I finally started taking improv classes. <laughs> you know what they say, it's never too late. Hello, and welcome to Think Outside the Box Set. It's a podcast about learning to appreciate artists that may be misunderstood, unrecognized, or dismissed. I'm Nathan Hunt. And I'm Cameron DeWitt. Great intro once Thanks. again, Nathan. We this, should do more episodes back to back, like like we're doing this one, because you're just like all warmed up. <laughs> guess who's back to back, back to back again? That's right, it's me. Yeah. So anyway, what what what's is this season eleven? I lost track of the numbers. Twelve. <laughs> twelve. Cool. <laughs> season twelve about E Minem. I think is uh, uh-huh. <laughs> is the is the name of this rapster. Um. And tonight we're talking about the E. Nyman show. E, sorry, E. Minum. Hey, the thing about this album is that it's very good. That's the thing about this album is it's actually good. It's, it's actually great. <laughs> Which is very surprising considering how bad. I mean, I don't want to say like in an objective way, but like the last one was did not seem very strong and was definitely not my cup of tea. Um, the rap is often incredible yes and the content of the rap is also often like it's just exactly what we were looking for yeah he, he gets into the more social like commentary where mm-hmm. you know like what is the actual impact of my music mm-hmm. to what extent do i care um or feel entitled to do the things i want to say the things i want to say uh it's yeah uh this is i thought we were gonna have to wait longer <laughs> Me too. But this is great. I wonder I wonder how much of it can be put down to a changing America because this is the the first post 9/11 uh Eminem we've seen. Yeah. May 26, 2002. Yeah, there is at least one uh flippant two towers reference and there are a few Bush references. There's a few Bush. Uh he references Osama bin Laden at some point and Saddam Hussein, also uh Afghanistan. Um so this is I think the war in Afghanistan had started at this point, right? That was pretty soon uh, after 9-11. Yeah, I think it started almost immediately. Yeah. And then uh, Iraq wasn't until the spring of 2003. 2003. Yeah. So this is before we invaded our second Middle East country of the decade. Woof. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> funny, funny stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this album rules. Uh, there are definitely problematic moments in it, but it's a lot easier to swallow when... Ugh, don't. Okay. <laughs> you don't swallow on pro- problematic? You don't swallow problematic moments? Well... I don't swallow problematic <laughs> moments. Hmm. Um, it's a lot easier to swallow when the music is good and when he seems to be exerting so much effort to be self-aware yeah he seems like he's like actually trying a lot more yeah because there's a there's a perceptible process Mm -hmm. 
here and like a reason to like work with him, you know? Yeah. So yeah. Good work, Eminem. Yeah. Much better, much stronger, much more mature, a lot less just like edgelord stupidity. I mean, I, I don't know if, I don't know if we specifically said this last album, but I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with art being provocative per se. Right. But the question is like, are you going to do something interesting with that? Or are you just like, you know, farting in an elevator because you think it's funny. <laughs> Do you think an edge Lord's actually done that farted in an elevator? Well, that was a metaphor, but yes, probably they have. <laughs> I'm sure Logan Paul has been like, huh? Okay. What's up YouTube <laughs> today? We're going to prank so hard. <laughs> I ate so many Totinos. <laughs> so much Totinos. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, call up, this call matters. up the grammarian, the, the superhero, the grammarian. <laughs> um, this album, uh, on the other hand, one of the downsides of this album is it's even longer than the last one. I, I panic texted Cameron. I was like, yes. Cameron, I don't like the way this trend is going. Each Eminem la- uh, album is literally longer than the last. By the time we're done with this season, we'll have to like put an episode a week late just because we'll still be listening to the the last album yeah exactly it's gonna take a whole week to listen to an album (laughs) be a week long yeah so i mean we see how it goes with um t-pain and and, uh icp yeah i'm also yeah even though this album is great i don't have things to say about every song and i'm down to skip a fair amount of them dts everybody down to skip yes uh, oh, good news. The next album, which is called Encore, is slightly less, uh, is slightly shorter. It's about 30 minutes. It's 30. Uh, it's about 35 seconds shorter than this one. So hopefully at least the trend of getting longer stops. I meant 76 because for a minute there, I thought that uh, uh, an hour had 100 minutes in it. <laughs> <laughs> Chalk it up to the cold medicine. Mm-hmm. Thanks, mm-hmm. Dayquil. Oh boy, I'm not drowsy, but I'm not super lucid either. <laughs> <laughs> uh huh. You can say that again, or can you? <laughs> say what? Yep, exactly. Let's talk about the first track. It's called "Curtains Up," and it's labeled as a skit, even though it's just a bunch of foley work. Yeah. And a very Tchaikovsky sounding musical piece. Ah, uh, the classic feedback. That happens every time anyone gets on a mic, don't you know? Yeah. And, you know, they're nervous when they approach the mic. And then it feeds back and it makes everyone wince and it makes you even more nervous. But then they get their courage and they say what they have to say. That happens literally any time anyone gets on a mic. Yes. Um, so we, we always cut that out. Yeah. Uh, but it does <laughs> in the beginning of our recordings. <laughs> yeah. We just, we, we, we like to leave that part out just to spare everyone's ears, but it definitely happens every single time. Um, so this, you, you probably heard it. Um, there's a weird, like Tchaikovsky sounding bit of music and uh, steps up to a microphone. Um, and the album cover is Eminem on a stage with like a big drapey curtain and he's sitting, uh, but there's a mic several feet in front of him. Um, so he, he sets up this kind of like 
theme of, and it's called the Eminem show. I don't know if we've actually pointed that out. <laughs> um, the album's called the Eminem show. So he sets up this like theatrical thing, but yes. I don't feel like he really references it or goes anywhere with the theme throughout the album. I mean, what do you think? Well, Eminem on his verified uh, genius uh, comment, commentate, come annotation sorry everyone uh he says songs like white america which we're about to talk about and cleaning out my closet which maybe is my favorite song on the album Hmm. um he says those aren't really shady so i thought i'm shady with a capital s meaning his alter ego uh which is the edgelord Mm-hmm. So I thought, I'm going to call this album The Eminem Show. This is me as the rapper, not as the character. Okay. So, yeah, this is him being himself. But this seems like the opposite of what the album is setting up with the whole theatrical thing. Uh, I don't know. I think you're reading into this too much. Oh, okay. Well, because he's saying that like Slim Shady's the character, but this is the real him. But he's also like foregrounding how artificial and like how much he's performing this, you know? I mean, maybe, once again, I don't think it really, I think it's just like, I mean, he's theatrical regardless, but if you were to read into it, I would say that it's about people expecting him to be Slim Shady, and then he's like, no, I actually am just going to be myself. Okay. He's like, a, you know, approaching the mic, and the audience has expectations. Okay. But, but, it, but the mic feeds back, because he's because he's nervous about uh, how he's actually going to be really vulnerable. But then he gathers his strength <laughs> and, his, <laughs> and his, all of his will, and he, and he delivers his message. Mm-hmm. And then the mic doesn't feed back anymore. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he just says, America. Yep, I don't have a sound sample <laughs> of that, though. <laughs> we love you. No. <laughs> it looks like you don't either. Nope. Uh, so, yeah, it, it leads right into the next track, which is called White America. Accord with somebody up in the office Cause Congress keeps telling me I ain't causing nothing but problems And now they're saying I'm in trouble with the government I'm loving it, I shoveled shit on my life And now I'm jumping in on White America I could be one of your kids White America Little Eric looks just like this White America Erica loves my shit I go to TRL So this is a bit of a tangent, but I hope it's at least a little bit interesting. I definitely noticed it in this sound sample. (laughs) Did you just sigh? (laughs) No, I was just realizing that, um, I mean, maybe this is what you're going to say, but the name Erica and Eric? No, I I wasn't going to talk about that. I was going to talk about something that's way more of a tangent than that. (laughs) Oh, well, let me say my thing because it's not a tangent. Yeah, go for it. He uses, in the past, he's talked about little Eric and he's implied in the past that little Eric is sort of the stand in for a white American suburban boy, the stand in Um, maybe. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Um, so Eric is sort of this, uh, the, the quintessential white American suburban boy who would be led astray by Eminem's music. And so in this song, he, He's saying Eric and Erica. And now I'm wondering if that's specifically because those names are in the word America. That's, um, I think one of the genius annotators seemed to indicate that that's what they thought the reason might be, at least. I swear I didn't steal that from the genius. I just put that together <laughs> myself. Okay, go on your tangent. <laughs> um, so I heard it in the sound sample just now, and it really stood out to me. But um, 
I used to I I'm a I used to be a huge super fan of Futurama and um yeah. I watched all the episodes multiple times including with commentary and oh, one of the episodes I think it was one of the maybe it was one of the Christmas ones or something they 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 were doing like a song in the episode and one of the people was rapping I don't remember if it was John DiMaggio or um uh, uh uh oh no i know the guy's name why am i forgetting it the guy who plays philip j fry and all the other hubert farnsworth and like all the uh, other i characters. believe his name is uh billy west billy d williams <laughs> fuck you billy west anyway they were talking about it must have been the um the kwanzaa episode because they got ll cool j to come in and play the kwan or the kwanzaa kwanzaa bot kwanzaa bot yeah um and they were talking about like ll cool j was giving them tips on recording rap because these were oh. a bunch of like people who are not used to recording people rapping. And he was saying, yeah, a lot of times what I do is I double track myself. So when I'm rapping, I will have a uh, record myself doing the exact same thing twice in precisely the same way. And it uh, adds like a fullness to the sound. And uh, it's almost like a, a chorus effect on a guitar essentially. Right. Um, so I definitely heard that a lot in this sound sample, and uh, I'll, I'll play the the uh, verse part of it again. Yeah. So for a lot of that, yeah. he was doubled, um, and you could. There's slight differences in the um, in the accents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I don't. I don't mean uh, like one of them is like a German accent. I mean like the <laughs> musical accents of the syllables. <laughs> Fight America! And now they're saying I'm in trouble with the government. <laughs> I'm loving it. Uh, <laughs> Little Eric looks just like this. Fight <laughs> America! I could be one of your kids. I go to TRL. <laughs> I'm starting to sound like uh, Dracula. Yeah, I was going to say. Uh, boy. Um, yeah, so he's he's doubling himself at times. You can hear him uh, just doing the single track. But also he um, he almost does like a little bit of a, a Beastie Boys thing where the Beastie Boys would... Um, the they would All chi- scream in unison. Well, they would all chime in at the end of the line. Uh, yes. Like the last syllable or something. Um, and so he does that a little bit in that sound sample. So... Just fun little recording minutia that I was thinking about. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah. I yeah, you're totally right. Um, zone beastie boy. He Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you are your own beastie boy. No matter what they say. <laughs> the beast the beastly boys, yes. Um so, what's this song about? He kind of tries to do some uh, social commentary, and <laughs> that's a that's a pretty good way of putting it, actually. Yeah, he doesn't. He kind of tries to do some social. It is hard to say what he's. It doesn't. What he's trying to seem say. like he's really got an overarching point. Uh, he keeps talking about white America. He does say that. Um, uh if i was black uh look at my sales let's do the math if i was black i would have sold half um right so he talks about white privilege and how he appeals to white people and suburban white people um yeah i actually have a uh a sound sample of that okay the one that says privilege check verse two yeah let's do the math if i was black i would have sold half 
Yeah, later on he says, um, uh, oh, he has, actually has this kind of interesting <laughs> verse about Dr. Dre. Yeah. Um, no labels wanted to sign me, almost gave up. I was like, fuck it, until I met Dre, the only one to look past gave me a chance and i lit a fire up under his ass helped him get back to the top yeah every fan black that i got was probably his in exchange for every white fan that he's got like damn we just swapped sitting back looking at shit wow i'm like my skin is starting to work to my benefit now there's a lot to unpack there um he's implying that i wonder if that's true um (laughs) Huh. I don't know. I, I feel like by the late 90s, Dre wasn't super relevant. It didn't seem like he was... Um, oh, there was a genius annotation. After Dr. Dre left Death Row in 1996 and started Aftermath Records, some saw him as having fallen off since Aftermath's first releases were flops. Interesting. Although it says, however, when Dre released 2001 in 1999, huh, he returned to the pinnacle of the music industry. Uh, but that oh, album came out after Dre started working with Eminem and after he had already started getting praise for his work producing Eminem's first albums. So gotcha. it happened at the same time. But Eminem needs to remember, like we all need to remember, that correlation does not imply causation. Yeah, it's a little... I don't know. <laughs> it's not the worst thing he's said, but... No, Cameron, I, th- I think it is. I mean, forget all the like virulently violent homophobia and misogyny. No, the, the thing that's really, really awful about him is his uh, misunderstanding of uh, causality. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it's also worth noting that Eminem produced a lot of this album. Yeah. And a lot of the production is great. It is. It's, it's a little bit more, it like samples more rock and roll style instrumentation. Um, yes. but it sounds good, which is always nice. Yeah. It's like a lot of the kind of same sounds that you might hear in a Lincoln park kind of song, which is of the a of the era, but it doesn't make me feel weird and queasy. Like right. A lot of Lincoln park stuff to us. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, yeah. So uh, he takes aim yeah. at Congress also. Uh, this was, um, right around the time with, there was a lot of like congressional hearings about, uh, just hit moral panic about music. And it was not long before this that they started mandating the parental advisory stickers. Right. Remember those? Um, which that was like a law passed, which is absurd. <laughs> yeah. What do they think is going to happen? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so he takes aim at Congress. He specifically calls out Ms. Cheney and Tipper Gore. Um, Because Tipper Gore led one of the first rounds of this back in the 80s. Um, So, yeah. He calls out people for giving him shit. Um, He says, uh, Surely hip-hop was never a problem in Harlem, only Boston. After it bothered the fathers of daughters starting to blossom. So I'm now, I'm catching the flack from these activists when they ragging. Acting like I'm the first rapper to smack a bitch or say faggot shit. Yeah. So he's... Yeah, I don't... He's. He, it's kind of a weird defense. Complaining about, about. Uh, yeah. On the one hand, he's he's saying like you didn't care about these social ills until they started uh, uh, appearing in white communities. That's a good point. It's sort of like the all the talk about the opioid epidemic these days. It's like people are top. Well, people are calling it an epidemic and like a public health crisis today. And you know, because it's, they perceive it to be affecting a lot of white people. 
whereas like uh, other drug um, epidemics of the past that have affected mostly people of color, um, uh, black people specifically, right? Uh, you know, they're just like, oh, those are just thugs or just. Did Did you read that recent NPR story um, that said that? racism may have saved a bunch of black lives uh specifically in regards to prescription drugs because of medical no. racism and doctors giving substandard care statistically overall to black uh patients and prescribing them less and taking their uh ailments less seriously that the awful predatory practices of prescribing these horrible drugs i mean they have their uses but they're way over prescribed um, causing the uh, opioid e- epidemic. The NPR articles point out, yeah, if black people had been prescribed the drugs at the same rates as white people, you know, like 14,000 more of them would be dead. Um, Interesting. Which is, holy shit, there's a lot, <laughs> there's a lot going on there. <laughs> and, and NPR is saying, <laughs> so good job, racist doctor. Good job, racism. <laughs> yeah. Thank God for racism, right? Yeah, I mean, I guess in this case. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Anyway, um, but Eminem is also, while he's pointing out the the hypocrisy of not caring about uh, social ills unless they impact white community, he's also defending himself by saying like, yeah, other people do it. You know, I'm not the first one to to smack a bitch, in his words. Right. Um, Right. Which is like, well... Just because someone else does it doesn't make it okay, you dummy. <laughs> it's a very weird. Yeah. It's just a very weird defense to have. Yeah. Um. Well, should should we move? Oh, there's one. There's one flow moment that I took just a lot of musically impressive samples. Yeah. I mean, my sampling isn't impressive. I'm using some sort <laughs> of like freeware <laughs> that's <laughs> kind of shitty. But sounds um, great. In this sample, uh, he raps on, uh, okay, how do I describe this? Play it first, then I'll describe it, and then play it again. Well, let's do that. Okay. The one that says flow off beats. Uh, all I see is flow, but I believe that's pr- it's the only one for this song, so it's got to be what you mean. Yeah, so that, I mean, all of that is great. Um, and that's the lyrics we but, were just talking about. Yeah. Um, also, side go. note, there are black people in Boston. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> I can attest from uh, personal witness, one. I have seen at least one. <laughs> um, so there's a lot of different ways you could count it. Um, I think you could count... An argument can be made that you could you could count this song in, in like a slow four four like one two three four with very full subdivided beats, mm-hmm. um, and so he if you count it like he's rapping in sixteenth notes he's emphasizing um, he starts on the uh, second subdivision of the of the first beat of the measure, and then he's accenting um, the second and fourth subdivisions of each beat so um he it's basically like jazz swing like he's um doing all of the uh smallest off beats Hmm. which is pretty impressive especially like because he's he's landing the emphasis 
the the syllable emphasis on the offbeat. And um, yeah, it's like kind of dizzying to listen to. So yeah. play, play that again, please. And listen to the first half of this sample. Yeah. Lyrics, lyrics, constant controversy, sponsors working round the clock. I try to stop my concerts early, surely hip-hop is never a problem in Harlem, only in Boston after it bothered the fathers. Yeah, kind of reverts here. Yeah, that's, I mean, uh, that would make a cool drum solo, like even just those that rhythm. Yeah, it, it kind of reminds me of, you know, the Slayer days when they would, when they would play so heavily on the offbeat with almost no bass on the downbeat that it would feel like where where is the beat Mm -hmm. because it's so um in front of the beat so yeah uh really really cool cool stuff yeah i like it um much better quality than the last album Uh, i'm down to move on i don't necessarily know if i have anything to say about business do you it's a bunch of business um let me just load the lyrics uh he's it's like a brag rap yeah with, it's a, with it's a brag Dre. rap he he name checks um bin laden and saddam hussein um let's at least listen to the sound sample sure. for people to experience it Set the blow polish, don't on the hinges oranges peach pears plums oranges yeah here i come uh. inches, away from you there fear none hip-hop is in a state of nine one one so let's get There's a little bit of the uh, the real Slim Shady style to the music. It, uh, also, he does his classic uh, rhyming orange. Yes, he does. Thing. That's that's something that pops up on the internet uh, over and over again, um, where he's like, of course you can rhyme with orange. And in this song, he rhymes hin- off the hinges, uh, syringes. Um, and those mostly work because he says oranges instead of oranges. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yeah. Which is, I mean, I, I'm fine with that. I, I do not mind changing, like, I do not mind changing the sounds of words to fit them into flow better if, uh, if it's not really bad and contrived and um, it's kind of playful, which is what he's doing. Yeah, it's, a, it's kind of hard to determine when it's, you know, uh, when is it like a give you a groan response and when is it like oh that's great that adds to it that you forced this you know i mean it's a it's a little bit like pornography i know it when i see it and boy do i see it (laughs) (laughs) the old potter stewart defense all right i'm ready or standard or whatever let's talk about cleaning out my closet Taste the sourest vinegar in their mouth See, they can trigger me But they'll never figure me out Look at me now I bet you're probably sick of me now Ain't you, mama? I'ma make you look so ridiculous now I'm sorry, mama I never meant to hurt you I never meant to make you cry But tonight, I'm cleaning out my closet Yeah, so this is It's about his mama which you probably heard in that chorus. I'm sorry, I never meant to hurt you. Never meant to make you cry. But tonight, I'm cleaning out my closet. Yeah, but it's not just about his mom. Right. Uh, but it's also about... It's 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 a very vulnerable, confessional song about how he's been a pretty bad person. That's true, yeah. Um, it, it does open with 
some not great lines. Have you ever been hated or discriminated against? I have. I've been protested and demonstrated against. Picket signs for my wicked rhymes. Look at the times. It's like, well, I don't know if I'd call that being discriminated against. I would say more like people objecting to what you're saying. Yeah, I don't actually... I mean, discrimination as like the definition of like lowercase d discrimination is... That just means choosing. You got you got a lowercase d, Cameron. Yeah, <laughs> Some, I mean most of the time. Yeah, most of the time. Everyone, especially who has a d at all. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, yeah, I mean it's kind of like the word segregate. It just means to like divide things and keep. You know, I guess in segregate it means like keep them separate. But just like you can say someone yeah. has a discriminating taste, and it just means that they right, are right, right. choosy and they choose specific things. So I guess in that sense, he's kind of discriminated against, but he seems to be using it to mean like in the way that certain groups of people are discriminated against. Yeah, he's being systemically mistreated, which I think is true, but it just, the word has so much power. (laughs) And it's got so much history of like racial discrimination and like homophobic discrimination. And yeah, that I don't think it's really (laughs) not very appropriate. Anyway, that's that's a huge side tangent. Um, let's talk about the rest of the song. Yeah. Will you shut up? <laughs> <laughs> that's There's not, big, that's not going to work because there. you're going to strip the silence. I know, I'm do, yeah. <laughs> I was counting on it. I was like looking over the lyrics. I was like, all right, just don't say a word. And, and eventually I'll find something to say. <laughs> um. Well, yeah, I mean, do you want to talk about the content of the song? I have some musical moments of I mean, flow that I really appreciate. It seems mostly about his mama. Um, he does have a little bit about how he's confessing to being kind of a bad person. I maybe made some mistakes, he said, but I'm only human, okay. <laughs> but I'm man enough to face him today. What I did was stupid. No doubt it was dumb, but the smartest shit I did was take the bullets out of that gun um, oh, he's referring to that uh, charming incident where he stalked his ex-girlfriend, saw her kissing a bouncer outside of a in a, in a parking lot somewhere, and he yeah. pistol whipped that guy with an unloaded gun. Yeah, which he, he which comes back. He talks a about fair it a lot on this album. album. Yeah, obviously it was an important moment for him. <laughs> a watershed, you might say. Yeah. Waterloo. Mm. Now I'm just thinking about ABBA. Ah, mm. uh, yes. What like a good a, song. Like a warm blanket. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he says, uh, the smartest shit I did was take the bullets out of that gun because I'd have killed him shit. I would have shot Kim and him both. It's my life. I'd like her to welcome y'all to the Eminem show. So I feel like that's mm, kind of straddling the line between confession and bragging uh do you want to talk about some uh, nice flow moments nice flow of course i do all right so uh I'll have you got to two of them who, holy shit yeah one says this flow is amazing how about play that one even if i hated kim i greet my teeth and i try to make it work with her at least for Haley's sake i maybe made some mistakes but i'm only human but i'm man enough to face him today wow that's great that is that is what we call in the poetry biz enjambment. Yes. And there's also a lot of offbeat. He, he's putting the, the syllables with the emphasis on the offbeat. Um, yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> I, I couldn't imagine trying to rap that. 
right? Not yeah, that I'm a rapper, but like that's so outside of my abilities to like think think yes. about rhythms that way. I think that's true for most people. Just nobody should ever do rap at karaoke unless you are a hundred and ten percent certain you know what you're doing. I've had really bad feel r- that way. How about you just boo the next uh, karaoke rapper off the stage? <laughs> yes, exactly. That's I, I got booed trying to do the real Slim Shady. I also um, tried to do Ms. Jackson by Outkast at one point and similarly failed, but probably less spectacularly. I didn't get booed yeah. that time, though. But that song is deceptively you got, hard. You probably got ooed. Ooh. As in, woo. <laughs> I get it. Ah, fuck. Why didn't I get that right away? Uh, yeah, that song is, is way harder than it sounds. Uh, anyway. Uh, yeah. Um, he throws some homophobia at his own dad. Um, and it doesn't even seem like he is specifically saying his dad is gay. He's just using it as an insult. Right. Um, yeah, it's sort of like a sad insult. It's like, well, you didn't didn't like my mom. You must be gay. Yeah. <laughs> it's like well you don't like your mom (laughs) (laughs) exactly uh you have another moment uh sound sample on this uh yeah go ahead and play that one yeah I would never diss my own mama just to get recognition. Take a second to listen for you think this record is dissing, but put yourself in my position. Just try to envision witnessing your mama popping prescription pills in the kitchen. Woof. There's a lot of repetition of sounds in there that that's really cool. Yeah, but uh, it's really clear what he is saying. Um, yes. And he's basically, he's gearing up. In a pretty, I think, a pretty self-aware way to like talk about like how much his mom actually fucked him up, um, mm-hmm. and yeah. So I'll read the lyrics back now. I would never diss my own mama just to get recognition. Take a second to listen before you think this record is dissing. But put yourself in my position. Just try to envision witnessing your mama popping prescription pills in the kitchen, bitching that someone's always going through her purse and shit's missing. That's where it actually ends. That rhyme scheme. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's it's like pretty amazing storytelling and rhyming, and uh, yeah, it's really good. Yeah. Good work, Eminem. As a side uh, note, I started. I just started saying that because uh, I'm very amused by it. But I saw someone on a Reddit thread recently who was. It was like one of those ask Reddit threads where it's like, "What was one of these things that you were like?" Uh, didn't realize until it was embarrassingly late. And the thread, like many of those threads, just turned into a bunch of people narking on people they know. <laughs> and so one, one of them was describing how uh, someone was talking about how Eminem was his favorite rapper. <laughs> and then I was like, just thinking about it, I was like, man, I wonder if that person was fucking with you or if they legit thought that was how it was pronounced. <laughs> Uh, on this week's episode of um, Hey Riddle Riddle, JPC was talking about, uh, I think he was saying that his, or maybe it was Aaron, I forget, but like one of their moms went on a date with someone, was telling their kid about it, and they thought that the person on, they were going on a date with was misusing words in a in an ironic way, but it was actually, they found out like on the second date, oh no, you're just... Oh, yeah. Not very smart. <laughs> that was a very funny story. <laughs> uh, should we talk about Square Dance? Yeah, let's 
the dance of the squares. Whoa, not even on my radar. So won't you please jump off my dick, lay off and stay off. And follow me as I put these crayons to chaos. From seance to seance. This song, Eminem does something really impressive that is not rapping. Well, it's he does it while he's rapping, but it's like an, an additional effect that he does that is very impressive. He verbally imitates the sounds of like um, a record being scratched and the speed um, changing, like as if you were listening to um, a, a, a vinyl LP being played back of someone talking and the DJ is maybe like, speeding up and slowing down the record and like maybe getting it scratching a little bit. Uh, he does it in the intro and I thought it was super cool. He, he did, did a little bit in that chorus you just heard, but I'm going to play the intro because I thought it was yeah. really fun. It was, it was like um, listening to a voice actor doing like a porky pig voice or something. It's like, wow, that is just like astounding that a person can do that. It feels so good to be back. Ladies and gentlemen, gentlemen, gentlemen. Yeah, that is pretty impressive. Yeah. I mean, it's it sounds like it, there's no effects added. It sounds like that's just him, which is amazing. Uh, so I guess this song is in response um, to a song by a rapper named Cannabis. Uh, Cannabis. With one end. With one N. And a, and um, a B-U-S at the end. And uh, Maybe it's a it's, question. He's just asking if he can bus or not. Can I can bus? I, I mean, can I bus? <laughs> um, Bussing makes me feel good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, I'm trying to send you a link. Maybe you're just going to have to look it up. But um, it's from uh-huh. the song Draft Me. Uh, do you want to pull it up on spotify and play a little sample of this it's I a pretty disturbing song i will attempt that British submarines in the area Draft me. i want to fight for my country jump in the humvee and murder those monkeys Draft i'm too me. dedicated to fail justice must prevail justice must prevail Draft me. i want to fight for my country jump in a humvee and murder those monkeys Draft i'm me. too dedicated to fail Oof. Yikes. This is a black rapper as well calling yep. uh, the uh, Middle Easterners monkeys. So. Who boy. Yeah. Um, not, not good. Yeah. So I guess a lot of this song is in, is in response to that. Um, uh, and I appreciate Eminem uh, finally punching up. Uh, do you want to yeah. play that, that sound sample? This is from one of the verses, maybe second or third. Do a show there. Yeah, you laugh till your motherfucking ass gets drafted. When you're a damn thinking the crap can't happen. Till you fuck around, get an anthrax napkin. Inside a package, wrapped in saran wrap, rapping. Open the plastic, and then you stand back gasping. Fucking assassins, hijacking Amtrak's crashing. All this terror, America demands action. Next thing you know, you got Uncle Sam's ass. To join the army or what you do for that navy You just a baby getting recruited at 18 You're on a plane now eating their food and they baked beans I'm 28, they gonna take you for they take 
Ooh, boy. There's a lot, lot going on there. Um, yes. I, I have a few. I have like two tangents. Okay, go for it. One is that, uh, well, I guess they both have, have to do with just with what the mood in America was at the time. Yeah. Um, for our listeners, might be too young to remember or might not all be from America. Um, it, there was a lot of... Um, just like warmongering. I, I mean, you heard it in the Cannabis song where he's like, draft me. I want to fight for my country. Um, this was the, the era of support the troops and anyone who questions America is unpatriotic. And uh, that was, it was just like this, this ridiculous and bloodthirsty time in America where we were just like wanting to lash back because of nine 11. Um, yeah. We were pretty scared. Yeah. And uh, it's really, I mean, it's brave that Eminem is questioning it and pushing back and saying he's no friend of Bush. Yeah, um, this is in uh, May 2002. Not even a year has passed. Yes. So, yeah. Pretty, <laughs> yeah I mean, it's, the it's Dixie Chicks like, got blacklisted for daring to criticize Bush. Yeah, but he already was blacklisted. So I, I, I like so. that he's using his edgelord like, um, status to like to actually like to his advantage yeah or not to his advantage but to um our advantage right (laughs) and he's saying he's like directly addressing um young men Mm -hmm. who would be into his music um the kind of outcasts who who might feel like they have no other option other than to like join the military Mm -hmm. and he's like warning them yeah exactly um, He's like, yeah, you you probably shouldn't be uh, looking forward to this kind of shit. Um, you, you're going to get drafted before I do. I'm only 28. Um, the other thing I was going to point out was um, this was just like, it was also a weird and confusing time um, because Anthrax was getting mailed to people on Capitol Hill uh, yes. in like envelopes. And there was the DC sniper. Um, oh, yeah. That shit was crazy. The DC sniper killed like what? Dozens, hundreds of people. It was like really like they shot they shut down like the whole city basically like it was really bad and the podcast you're wrong about just did an episode about it I think it's yeah, the I first in it. a series and it's very good so people should check that out um, spoiler alert it's actually a a domestic abuse story yeah. and a stalker <laughs> an abusive stalker and serial killer um. Yeah, I uh yeah, this 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 song is exciting um for like <laughs> I I feel like being a little stinker is like um actually useful in in a climate like this. Yeah. Where the thing that people are panicked about is actually really dangerous. I mean, dangerous to be panicked about, like Islamophobia and being war hawks and things like that mm-hmm. as opposed to just being panicked about culture. Right, yeah. And so he's actually attacking something that's worth attacking. So Punching up, as you say. Uh, yes. Also, he produced this song as well. And uh, I love the production on this. It's super catchy. You're just, you're just saying that because it has a banjo in it. It does. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe I am, yes. Um, no, it is really now, good production. <laughs> now, what do you think about this chorus? Uh, I don't really know. It seems 
I don't know. Part, part of it seems like he's kind of doing a criticism of um, like Warhawks as being rednecks, basically. Right. And like, I think that's what he's getting out with the title square dance. Um, but it's really vague and unclear. And it, cause it, the, the words are, come on now, let's all get on down. Let's do si do now. We're going to have a good old time. Don't be scared. Cause there ain't nothing to worry about. Let your hair down and square dance with me. Yeah. And it's like, he doesn't really support that in any of the rest of the song. It's really, really confusing. Yeah. So genius annotation says, um, that it might be uh, mocking former president Bush's Texas accent. And Eminem is speaking as American government telling the citizens that everything's fine. Relax. Just keep dancing. Oh, Which dance. I think is like hmm. dance, uh, dance revolution is all we're going to get to quote Van- John Vanderslice. Yes. Well, um, should we move on? Yes, we shall. Do you want to uh, skip skits? Uh, yeah, let's just say this is a skit um, about him seeing uh, Kim kiss a bouncer and then him going to attack the bouncer. And the whole the next three tracks, including including this one, are all about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's it's really it's. it's it's kind of disturbing to hear him like yeah. reenacting this. Yeah. yeah. Not my, not my favorite. Um, yeah. So the next song is called soldier. You can smell the loss as soon as I walk in the room. Everybody holds and stops and calls the cops. All you see is bitches coming out their hard to top. Running and ducking out the hot rocks. Parking lot. You'll all get shot. Whether we reach a fault or not. Cause I'm a soldier. These shoulders hold up so much. They won't budge. I'll never fall or fall up. I'm a soldier. I think this song on its own um, seems pretty earnest. Mm-hmm. And I think it is, but it's also in the context of this album. This is an earnest song about a, a part of Eminem that he's not proud of and that he contradicts in other songs. Yes. Like earlier on in the album in Cleaning Out My Closet, uh, he says smartest thing I ever did was having the gun uh, not loaded. Right. He would have killed Kim and that bouncer that she was kissing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, but this song is all about how uh, he has guns and he will kill people and how he's very violent and um, feels very justified in it. Yeah, he almost like plays the victim too which is weird i'm a soldier these shoulders hold up so much they won't budge i'll never fall or fold up uh even if my collarbones crush or crumble i will never slip or stumble so i feel like it's it's pretty i feel like it's a pretty self-aware song that you can only understand as being ironic in the context of the album yeah which is pretty interesting because it's (laughs) really when you look at it in a vacuum it's like oh this is a uh (laughs) This is just like a song about being unstable and violent and uh, not being aware <laughs> mm-hmm. of that being a bad thing. Yeah. Can I just say it's, well, maybe I shouldn't say that, but I was going to say like, it's astounding that Kim got back together with him ever. Um, did, did that happen? Yeah. She married him twice, dude. Oh, Interesting. Yeah, she she got back with him. I think she married him in like 03 or 04. So like a few huh. years after this. Because he also got custody of Haley, which comes 
happens in a later song. Right. That he talks yeah. about it. But he's just like so casually cruel to her. Listen, uh, yeah. So ticky talk, listen to the sound, ticks on the clock, listen to the sound of Kim as she licks on a cock. It's just like, he, like it, it's just so casual the way, like how his cruelty. Um, and like, I, I don't want to like judge people's choices. And I know that like cycles of abuse are never cut and dried and it's ne- it's usually not helpful to like, question like, Oh, why did the victim of abuse go back to this person? Blah, blah, blah. That's usually a indefensible position to take. Um, yeah. But just saying like, Without, I'm trying to express without judgment. It is astounding to me that she uh, considered getting back together with him. Uh, yes, I mean he's super successful and talented. That's true, but he's using that success and talent to uh, drag her name through the mud constantly. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, uh, anything else to say about the song, or move on to a different one? Uh, yeah, let's move on to the next one. Say goodbye, Hollywood. Crush him and beat him to the ground I just sold two million records I don't need to go to jail I'm not about to lose my freedom Over no female I need to slow down Try to get my feet on solid ground So for now Say goodbye Say goodbye to Hollywood 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 So Eminem is a little bit vulnerable in this song Or at least he starts off that way um, I thought I had it all figured out. I did. I thought I was tough enough to stick it out with Kim, but I wasn't tough enough to juggle two things at once. I found myself laying on my knees in cuffs, which should have been a reason enough to get for me to get my stuff and just leave. How come I couldn't see this shit myself? Yeah, mostly he seems he seems upset at himself for being out of control, not necessarily um, about how much he hurt Kim. <laughs> Yes. And this or in this bouncer by this like violent incident. Yeah. But he's like, oh, I'm out of control. Obviously, I'm not acting in my own self-interest. Right. And he, he seems to be uh, like a little bit self-loathing about how he perceives himself as being weak. Yeah. Yeah. So I think this is an interesting song. Mm-hmm. I, it's not all self-pitying. It's like, oh, man, I got to get my shit together. Yeah. Which is true. Yeah. <laughs> but he's he's not very... Um, empathetic no to the people he's hurting he's mostly concerned about himself that he's hurting yeah exactly which is progress <laughs> it is you know it's it's better than last album that's for sure yeah. uh you have a sound sample you want to listen to oh yeah he's talking about um how much he hates his dad but how he's kind of turning into his dad so. oh shit must be in my blood because i don't know how i do it all i know is i don't want to follow in the footsteps of my dad because i hate him so bad the worst fear that i had was growing up to be like his fucking ass man if you could understand why i am the way that i am what do I- not great flow there no it's not his best but it's he's being heartfelt yes dad bad had <laughs> right. I'm re- I'm ready to move on when you are okay. Uh, I don't know if I really want to talk about drips that much. <laughs> it's mean, really bad. It's yeah. uh, it's well, it's um, it's disgusting. There's a lot of like just body, not body horror, just like talking in depth about bodily functions in a very gross and off-putting way. And uh, it's misogynist talking about how uh, Eminem and this guy Obi um got STDs from the same woman. So not really much of value. Uh, ne- yeah, let's just move on. Let's yeah. Go to, 
without me. Without me. But it feels so empty without me. So come on and dip, bum on your lips. Fuck that, come on your lips. Cause someone your tits and get ready. Cause this shit's about to get heavy. I just settled all my lawsuits. Fuck you, Debbie. Now this looks like a job for me. So everybody, <laughs> just follow me. Cause we need a little controversy. Cause it feels so empty. Uh, I just settled all my lawsuits. <laughs> That's his mom's name, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> uh, why does that chorus sound so much like London Bridge? I do not hear that. You don't? Nope. Do you, should I pull it up? You mean London Bridge is falling? No, down not that bad. one. Um, uh, Fergie. <laughs> oh, I don't know that song. You don't know that song? Don't pull it up. I'll just put it in the notes. Okay. I ju- I'll just I just believe you. All right. I think she does a similar like descending. Uh, melody line with kind of a similar flow. Well, she went solo after 2002, right? Yeah, I mean, the, that song came out in no earlier than 2008, I think. Yeah. Anyway. What's this song about? Well, I guess this is sort of, it's sort of a Slim Shady song. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's st- self-aware. He says, I've created a monster because nobody wants to see Marshall no more. They want Shady. I'm chopped liver. Well, if you want <laughs> Shady, this is what I'll give you. A bit of weed mixed with some hard liquor, um, et cetera. And then he's, it's sort yeah, it's, it's sort of a more measured uh, Slim Shady song, but with actual good rap. Mm-hmm. Like, it, the rap's really good <laughs> <laughs> in this. And it's super catchy. It's one of his catchiest uh um beats yeah there you have a sound sample you want to talk about uh oh yeah so this is like a someone needs to um give uh eminem an anatomy class a female (laughs) anatomy class because he doesn't really understand uh the reproductive cycle of women ah that's shocking i really would have expected him to here comes while he's operating hey! you waited as long to stop debating because i'm back i'm on the rag and ovulating i know that you gotta huh i'm back i'm on the rag and ovulating you should see a doctor bud yeah maybe he's got maybe he's got um independent ovary syndrome where one of them is ovulating and the uh, wait no because the on the, the period comes from the shedding of the uterine lining no, I don't think it can work, even even if there were such a thing as independent ovary syndrome. Uh, my friend uh, Jake and I have been um, uh, sending each other uh, like little screen grabs and memes from this Facebook group called Previously Unsaid Sentences in, uh, in, in History. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of this is gross. So one of them says that uh, it's just like a real tweet that I think someone said like in earnest, which is like, if you have sex and cowgirl, if you have period sex and cowgirl, uh, you'll get pregnant in your balls uh, because <laughs> like it's yeah. What? what? <laughs> <laughs> it's just, the things that people think about how sex works. And <laughs> I mean, I would hope that would be a joke, but also I wouldn't be surprised if it wasn't. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> it's so terrible. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Oh god. Uh this is the this is this might be the song that I heard the most. Oh, interesting. As, as a kid. Maybe even more than Guess Who's Back. Out uh, of real every song in the world, this is the one you've heard the most. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 
Not Happy Birthday Without Me by Slim Shady. Well, yeah, people sing um, it at birthdays now. It's yeah. replaced Happy Birthday. <laughs> it's amazing that so many people so competently sing Without Me. Yeah, they should try it at karaoke, come to think of it. Yeah. Um, this is where he uh, he calls out Moby, who called him out earlier by saying, I support Eminem's free speech. And he's very good at what he does, but he's also a misogynist and homophobe and racist and anti-Semite. I'm 33 and can see through it, but I can't imagine that an eight-year-old in Idaho sees it as just a joke. Oh, well, I mean, he does make a good point. Um, Moby's a creep, um, so I don't like agreeing with him. Uh, Interesting. Is Moby a creep? I don't really know about that. Yeah, he got real creepy about, um, was it Natalie Portman? He, like, did this thing where he, like, insisted that they dated for a while and was like doing a lot of like making a lot of really creepy public statements about it oh at this time not not at this time it was later i think because this is prequel times moby natalie portman uh yeah so he claimed that he dated her when she was 20 which would be maybe around this time actually when was she born she was born in 1981 so it would have been 2001. So yeah, not yeah, right around this time. Huh. Uh, but he didn't make the creepy statements until I think this year or last year or fairly recently. Um, uh, I only know about it because they covered it on uh, Trends Like These, which is a good podcast if you want to get a weekly digest of the news in a non-stressful way. <laughs> um, anyway... Do we have, I mean, do we have evidence of Eminem being racist or anti-Semitic? You know, I'm not actually sure what he's talking about there. I mean, I get the misogyny and homophobic. That's definitely true. Um, and also, I think he's making a good point with saying, I'm 33 and can see through it, but I can't imagine that an eight-year-old in Idaho sees it as just a joke. I think right. he's got some compelling, uh, something to say about the responsibility of people who have a public platform. Yeah, I'm not crazy about him just sort of like lumping Idahoans into a, you know, the what into all the same ignorant basket. I don't know. Yeah, it feels like he just picked an arbitrary state that wasn't on the coast. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, to be fair, Idaho does have a long history of uh white supremacy. I mean, and, so does uh, Oregon. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he could have just as well said Oregon. Yeah. But I don't know. It feels I don't know. Yeah, but I I don't know about Eminem being being racist. Um, it's he he treads pretty pretty lightly. Yeah, in that fact. Kind of thing. Yeah, in fact. Um, at one point on this album, I don't I forget which song it's in. Uh, he does the uh, Snoop Dogg Izzle speak, and he says Whizzle. <laughs> he says Whizzle, and yeah. he he specifically inv- avoids saying. Uh, I don't see. I don't even know if this is okay to say. It's the letter N followed by Izzle, which is a Snoop Doggified slang version of the N word. Yes, and Eminem specifically avoids saying that, so he right. won't even like do this highly derived, like uh, you know, removed form of the word. Right. Um. I and I I respect him for like being an edge lord that has a line. <laughs> And he, in the yeah. last album, I don't think we covered this, but there is a moment in one of the songs where he sets up a rhyme as if he's going to say the N-word, um, and then he doesn't. Um, mm. And he, he's not just doing it as a 
punchline, he's saying people are expecting me to do this or something like that. Um, and I'm not going to. Right. I mean, we, sh- we should point out that there are tapes out there of him saying that word oh, uh, when he was much younger and he has apologized for it and said that he was stupid and never should have done it. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think there's, um, to an extent, a statute of limitations on this, on this kind of thing. Yeah. I, uh, to, yeah, to I guess. To an extent, especially to an extent. if you apologize. Yeah. Yeah. You know. But <laughs> I, feel like like, I mean, it's the whole being tried as an adult thing, you know? Like yeah. It's, you know, it's like, yeah, there's yeah. a reason we can't vote. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, that's so true. Yeah. All right. Uh, anything else about this song? We've got what, like 15 minutes left? Uh, oh, yeah, we should we should wrap up. Um, wrap up? <laughs> Good one. Uh, I kind of feel like maybe we should skip to Haley's song. Okay. Yeah, I'm fine with that. don't mind his singing in this he says a bunch in the intro that he can't sing yeah i think says, it's kind of sweet and some of yeah. the melodies are actually kind of interesting yeah he's and he's like really belting it out you can tell he's like being very effortful in kind of a charming way yeah um yeah he says yo i can't sing but i feel like singing i want to fucking sing <laughs> he's just I'm happy, happy about having custody he got his baby back yeah and I mean, part Baby of me feels ribs. weird about like him with all his resources, like stealing his, his kid back <laughs> from, from this woman. Um, and I don't know if the case was good or not, you know, but like, right. Uh, yeah. It, it hardly seems like he is a great person to have custody. I mean, he clearly yeah, is very devoted to her, but, but it's also, I don't know. I don't know. It seems, I don't know. Maybe Kim was an angel, but I kind of doubt it. <laughs> Well, yeah, I, I also doubt it, but yeah, it's, I mean, I guess the judge decided that one of them was a better place for the child than the other. And yeah. I guess it's not really our business. Yeah. I mean, the whole like custody battles are kind of fucked and sometimes yes. the person with more resources is also the person who maybe deserves or would do better with custody. I don't know. <laughs> Cameron, are you implying that the person with more resources usually has an advantage in the American legal system? <laughs> I'm shocked that you would imply something like I that, take it sir. All back. <laughs> That's absurd. <laughs> These scurrilous accusations. Uh, uh, everyone should go watch Marriage Story. Oh, that's what I should have talked about in the box. Yeah. Uh, now, what what do you mean by talked about is, in the box? Uh, oh, what's in the box weekly? Our weekly oh. bonus podcast for why that sounds capital. That sounds it's, great. Hot I, dog. I, last time I checked, uh, you only have to spend two dollars a month. Uh, to get access to this bonus show that you can just binge listen to. It's our wow. Our, that's hardly our anything. Weekly, uh, culture podcast where we talk about things that we're watching or eating or listening to, etc. <laughs> or thinking about thinking or about. saying. <laughs> yeah, it's it's functionally just our warm up for this show, but uh, sometimes uh, some of our sometimes it's better than this show. <laughs> yeah, honestly, <laughs> I spent a lot of time talking about 
uh, Watchmen again today. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and also a little bit, we, we finally finished our Mandalorian check-ins. Yeah. And it's, and it's a way also for us to clean up this show a little bit and make it a little less tangential, but something yes. you like the tangents, so you can go there to listen to it. So yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, go to box. Did you fix the link by the way? I did. Yeah, I did. <laughs> okay, I, I, I promised to fix it by the time that episode came out and I did. Support I'm a good boy. Box set dot website. I'm checking it now. <laughs> and uh <laughs> you don't believe are. me yeah it's the patreon yeah i did it thank you i, did what I said Nathan. i did if i didn't then why would i say i did okay <laughs> um yeah so this is just a sweet song uh to his daughter and i mean mostly sweet <laughs> yes um, he talks about how much he hates her mom <laughs> at mm-hmm. some points um and this wasn't supposed to be publicly released it was just supposed to be for his daughter when uh, when she got older, but apparently Dr. Dre played it for some ladies and they were very touched. <sighs> and he convinced Eminem to put it on his album. That is a very odd, like, commodifying phrasing. Yes. It's like some ladies here standing in for all of womankind. Yeah. It is nice that, that this song is mostly tender and uh, about yeah. how proud he how much he loves. You know, and it doesn't, it doesn't feel performative. It feels honest. yeah and he also demonstrates some vulnerability uh i act like shit don't phase me inside it drives me crazy my insecurities could eat me alive but then i see my baby suddenly i'm not crazy it all makes sense when i look into her eyes yeah so yeah um (laughs) do we have time for another one um yeah yeah I, i think we should one more Okay, I was thinking of maybe we could listen to the uh, last actual song on this album, not My the last track. My dad's gone crazy. My dad's gone crazy. <laughs> it features Haley herself on vocals. Blow every fucking thing except Afghanistan on the map off. When will it stop? When will I knock the crap off? Haley, tell him, baby. My dad's There's really nothing else to say. I, I can't explain it. Yeah. She's very charming. It's it's worth it's worth noting that we skipped the song Till I Collapse, which is the most listened to uh song on Spotify. Oh um but I'm not necessarily very interested in it. Uh yeah. It has 775 million listens on Spotify. That's so uh, many. But it's basically just about like how, um, I don't know, persistent Eminem is. Mm-hmm. And it's like a, I don't know, getting stronger, Rocky running up the steps song. So Yeah, exactly. It has a Whatever. catchy chorus by Nate Dogg, too. Yeah. So uh, I don't really want to talk about it, though. I think we yeah, should talk about fun. this song. Yeah. <laughs> My dad's gone crazy. Yeah. She she has a very heightened voice in this song. It seems like she's being performative about it, and it's very charming. She's being a little ham. Yo, she's bathing in the river of ham. He was criticized for putting his daughter's voice into a song with such vulgar language. He does. Uh, he doesn't uh, tone it down for the kids at all. Yeah, but apparently she wasn't in the room when he did that. I was one. I was figuring that might have happened. Yeah. Fucking brains, brawn, and brass balls. I cut them off and got them pickled and bronzed in a glass jar. Inside of a hall with my fr- framed autographed sunglasses with Elton John's name on my drag wall. 
I'm out of out the closet. I've been lying my ass off all this time. Me and Min, I've been fucking with hats off. <laughs> so it's it's kind of funny. <laughs> that is funny, and I appreciate that he just like kind of does the opposite of homophobia. Well, I don't know if it's the opposite of homophobia, but he well, like he at least um, doesn't do homophobia. <laughs> He he does a similar thing in the movie The Interview, uh, which uh, was oh. the movie of um, Seth Rogen and James Franco mm-hmm. um, playing the, these like talk show or a talk show host and a producer of the talk show uh, who go to interview Kim, Kim Jong Un, right? And uh, the. The, I believe the first scene of of that movie is an interview, a fictional interview with Eminem, where Eminem says uh, that I'm gay. Isn't it obvious? All of this like homo- homophobic, you know, overcorrecting. Oh, <laughs> that's funny. I I feel like it helps to disarm his virulent homophobia, at least to a certain extent. Maybe. Um, I don't know. Uh, but also just as, as a, as a, as a interesting little bit of trivia, Elton John is Eminem's, uh, AA sponsor as far as I have heard. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, cause Eminem got clean in 2008. 2008? Yeah. And Elton John famously sung, um, Stan, the, uh, the Dido chorus, um, uh, first, I don't know, the Grammys or something. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Did that Elton John biopic come out yet? Uh, I believe so. I was kind of interested in seeing that. What, what was it called again? It was titled after one of his songs. Rocket Man? Rock, uh, no, I think it was uh, G- Crocodile Rock. <laughs> <laughs> Benny, uh, Benny and the Jets, the movie. <laughs> I feel like uh, Yellow Brick Road might have been a better... I don't know. Maybe Rocket Man's fine. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's... Most, most music biopics are, biopics are trash. <laughs> Yeah, they're usually very bad. Yeah. Uh, do we uh, need to stop there? Yeah, we should stop. I don't really have anything else to say about this album. Uh, good music, um, less problematic stuff that's balanced by a fair amount of like actual introspection. And uh, it's given me renewed interest in Eminem. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, feeling, feeling good about it. We have a lot of albums to go of... Uh, post 9-11 Eminem and I'm looking forward to it yeah it's giving me a lot more confidence for uh for this whole project Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. all right well everyone thanks for listening we'll be back uh I think uh we might have to take a week off I am going on a little vacay trip to Ireland and Portugal and uh, I don't think I'll be able to bring any portable recording gear with me um, mostly because the Portuguese airline TAP TAP only allows you to take very small amounts of carry on baggage. So I'm packing oh, very go. light. Um, yeah. So we'll probably take a week off, but we'll be back after that with uh, what's it called? The next album is encore. And uh, yeah, in the meantime, you can visit us online at boxset.website, email us at email at boxset.website. Uh, go on our discord there's a link in the show notes um you can also go on the itunes and write us a review uh that would be very good for us or if if you don't you know if you don't have the time or you don't have the inclination to actually write something up just open it up tap them stars super easy takes two seconds 
and uh, that will help also. And if you want to more directly support us and help us continue making the show, you can go to our Patreon at the now-fixed web address, support.boxset.website. The other thing you can do is listen to Cameron's other podcast called Get Up in the Cool. What is that, Cameron? Uh, It's an old-time music podcast where I interview old-time Appalachian-style fiddlers and banjo players and guitarists and sometimes uh, other traditional musicians, and we play traditional music together. Mm Mm-hmm. You played with a a cellist on this week's episode. Ah, yes. Um, Or I guess it would be last week's episode. Or the week before. (laughs) Recorded early. Yeah. Um, At at some point in January, you played with a cellist. At some point in January, you released an episode (laughs) that you recorded where you played with a cellist earlier. Yeah, a lot of... new tunes like original tunes in that one so yeah you should go check it out it's a pretty good one yeah cool stuff all right well thanks everyone for listening uh we'll see you in a in a a week or two and until then i've i've been nathan hunt and i am my own beastie boy and i've been camera do it and it's like pornography i know it when i see it and boy do i see it I think my dad's gone crazy. <laughs> it's pretty cute. It's very cute. I, I appreciate yeah. it. We right. stand. We stand. We stand, Haley. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs>